Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips and picks. I am your host, Professor Slides. It's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I've built to predict various sports outcomes is affectionately known as Sideline. You'll hear more about the model during the course of this episode, set to cover select college basketball games scheduled to be played on Friday, January 20th, 2023. If you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickthprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. This episode will only cover what are determined to be the best, most interesting games. Although, again, in the overtime segment, we have got a doozy for you. Another game I cannot wait to talk about just because of how terrible it'll be. Uh, but for all the Model A grade plays, you have to join Patreon at the $5 or higher level. That also gets you access to the Discord chat. That is the best place to get questions answered about these or other games or other sports or just random discussions and lots of just like GIF wars. It's, it's a lot of fun over there. Um, but as always, remember, there are no locks in gambling. So what Southern provides are loves, likes, and leans. It is A, B, and C greats, or rather plays it really wants you to make. Plays where it can't quite get there, but a better number or price would do it, and toss-up games. The results for all recommended picks, the ones in the show, the model A grade plays, and all the plays of the day. You can have both on bet stamp, although again, we're still having a little bit of an issue with them getting uh, the bet online line. So uh, mostly on bet stamp uh, and in the Google Sheet. The links are in the show description. That Google Sheet also contains the full set of model projections on every single game. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please understand that good and bad events will occur. So as much as we'd like to say will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, good to see you back here. Uh, cousin Jared, uh, you know, coming out of the bullpen yesterday for you. Giving yeah, you, no. you a day off, a little day of rest. Totally appreciate it. It's it's nice to get another voice in there every once in a while too. Yeah, absolutely. I always have enjoyed the just the difference of the different perspectives that y'all provide. It's always fun to just kind of have something a little bit different there. Uh, I, I think across all sports, I think we all kind of have a slightly different angle on it. So it's always fun to to mix and match. Uh, we got fourteen games on this Friday, and uh, some of them are bad. Some of them are mediocre. I feel like if it's mediocre, we got you covered today. Like this is your your place to be for where to watch Friday's mediocre and above games because I feel like that's the highest compliment I can give a couple of these. Oh Lord, it's it's a stretch to call mediocre at some point. <laughs> I mean, we don't want the people to tune off, right? I mean, we yeah. have to try to upsell it a little bit. We got hey, we got hey, you the know, five best, whatever, that, whatever that is. It doesn't have to be a great game to make money on it. Just, you know, sometimes it's nice to. Wake up the next morning and see that bankroll increase. Like, yeah, you know, that was nice. And the number of times I've said it, we don't have to watch them to make the monies, right? So <laughs> that's definitely the case here. A couple, couple interesting games. One to wrap up tonight that I think will be really good. But before we get to all that, some reminders: please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you are yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free, and if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball and MLB or college football content. This channel provides. Already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits we found over there above and beyond what we do here. Three dollars per month gets you the play of the day. For another two dollars a month, you get all the model grade picks and access to the Discord chat group. And for five more dollars, you get ad free shows and immediate access to every recommended pick. Go to www.patreon.com/slash picks with the professor for more details. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. Let's get to all on courtesy about online. Sign up link in the show description and current us the time of this recording here on Thursday afternoon, 5.30 p.m. Central. We're going to start off with some action. Ball State and Kent State. Kent State, we've backed them nine times this year. Nine and zero. Oh. Every time we've backed them, they've covered. We've faded them eight times, and we've gone three and five doing it. 
the issue here is this number of nine, it, to me, is just a really tough one. If it could be seven, I would be down with laying seven with Kent State. Y'all know seven's kind of my tipping point of where I like to play numbers at here. And when you get to lay nine, there's just so many weird backdoor things that can happen at this point. Um, I mean, Kent State's a better team, and they're at home, so they should win. It's just, I think it's priced fairly well at nine. So instead, we're going to focus on the total. It's 139. We're going to go under that number. The main thing here is about Kent State and the fact that they're going to be going up against a pretty good Ball State offense. But Kent State's defense is the thing here that's going to uh, drive them to a win and keep us under this total. Um, the model is 138.7. But both of these teams have been staying under model projections pretty solidly for the last month or so. And so I think that's probably a little bit too high. I really think 136, 137 is probably where we land up more that mid-130s uh, than anything else. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, look, this Kent State team you pointed out has been very good to us all year. That Their defense is just on another level. Uh, I mean, and, and for some reason, the MAC as a conference doesn't like to share the ball. It's like a lot of one-on-one -on -one play. Like even Kent state themselves doesn't like to do that, but doing that against a defense that is as good as Kent state is a disaster waiting to happen. I pointed that out last time. It worked out well for us. Mm -hmm. um, unless you have like LeBron or KD played a lot of one-on-one -one, one -on -one stuff, not going to go well. Um, All state, Defense offense, decent offense, not good enough to solve this defense. Their defense is about the same way. Uh, they give up the three ball at a high rate, but Kent State doesn't like the three ball. They don't, they're nowhere near a good three-point shooting team. Uh, Ball State will hit threes, but they're just not a very – they just don't shoot them. They like to go to the hole a lot more, and it's it's weird. Um, they depend on the on getting to the line uh, to score most of their points, and, but which is – bad for them right now because they're sub 70 percent free throw shooting team so that means you've got to get to the line a lot mm -hmm. like that's almost a quarter of their points they depend on that and boise state has been better recently about fouling they were one of the teams that fouled a lot but they're just not they're they're getting better at that right now and their offense is does well not turning it over and hitting their free throws, but Kent State's offense not very good. They are well below average in field goal percentage, effective field goal percentage, three-point percentage, and they don't rebound the ball particularly well either. I think it's going to be a struggle to get these teams anywhere near 70 tonight. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It should be a, uh, a, 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 a Kent State really showing off their great defense, I guess is what I should say. One of those where, again, we look at the four units on the court between each team's offense and defense. The Kent State defense is by far and away the best unit. And so when a situation like that arises, uh, you, you kind of have to look under unless there's unless the number's too low. And this number isn't low enough. At 139 is about the average number of points in a college basketball game. But Kent State's defense should uh, keep it under that. Again, they've been really good to us. So it's one of those I feel like when we've said back home, it's, again, it's it's gone great. This one, just the number's a little bit too high. If it could be lower, I could endorse it. Um, but they have covered every game this year and the ones that they haven't covered have been some of these where the numbers just gotten a little bit out too much on them and this is probably one of those situations the under the safest bet here so the 6 p.m games we've got two of them for you today first one vcu at richmond gonna go over 131 
mainly on this one because of the fact that VCU has all of a sudden kind of turned it up a notch and really started scoring a lot of points lately. And I don't really see why that changes here tonight. Looking back over the last several games of these two teams playing comparable type teams, has the feel of more of a game that should get in the mid-130s than stay down below 130. So we're going to go over here. With regards to the side, it's a real toss-up situation. The model needs three points with either team before it takes them. It's not drastically dissimilar uh, from a game here that we uh, talked about uh, recently. I don't remember which one it was. There was some other game that was like a pick like this, and we, I said we needed three points, and the game should have landed right at three points. Um, Arkansas, Arkansas, Missouri, that's the one, where I said we needed three points with either team, and it lands right on three, and you can see exactly why we want three points. And that's this game right here. It should be a fantastic contest, um, but right now it's around a pickle minus one to one side or the other, but just not a situation that I think is profitable right now to back either side. DCU's the better team, but on the road, who the heck knows, uh, unless you're giving me three points or good plus odds on either side. I take plus odds with the team on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but we're not getting that right now, so instead we're going to go over 131 and trust that VCU's uh, newfound offensive prowess and the way they've really upped the tempo here in conference play that continues and gets us more towards a normal amount of points in a college basketball game than staying in the 120s. Just got to get out of the 120s, and we got a really good shot, of course, to win this one. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, this is a very intriguing matchup from the standpoint of like the paces of both teams where VC wants to go fast, Richmond wants to go slow. Uh, both teams are just completely different in every from every aspect that they play. Uh, Richmond is or VCU is very aggressive with the ball. Um, VCU or Kelly, VCU very aggressive with the ball. R- Richmond not so much. They rather take their time, fill you out. Uh, shoot a lot more jump shots. Don't worry about the offensive rebounds. They head back to set up their defense because that's their be- That's where they play best. Uh, I think VCU is really going to be the driving force here. Their aggressive offense leads to more fouls, and VCU hits a really good amount of their free throws. Uh, Richmond loves to shoot the three ball. If that goes in, great. We get to count by threes instead of twos. If it's not, typically it's a long rebound, and that leads to easy buckets. Uh, so I really think that's going to be a lot of the over and where a lot of this pace comes from. It should be hard for this. Like these teams are going to be really, really good. It's going to be a really, really good game. I really see this game being like low seventies to high upper sixties kind of game, and gets us well over this one thirty one number. Yeah, and I really like what you said about Richmond shooting all the three balls. It's a situation where, um, you know, if the other team is not pushing the pace. You're very all in on Richmond having to make the threes to get the over. That's where we talk about those correlated parlays, right? That's where the the same game parlay, not the the gimmicky weird odd ones, the traditional you know plus two sixty parlay, can be really effective when you have something like that where you're like, I'm banking on one thing to happen. If that one thing happens, it helps both, right? If the other team's not going to push the pace, you kind of need them to hit the three, and then you kind of back the side and take the over and say, if they hit the threes, I'm going to win both, and so my probability is higher than the the payout. In this case, though, we don't actually need them to hit the threes because the other team is going to push the pace. It's not like VCU is going to get a long rebound and just kind of sit back and hold it instead of their offense, which some teams do. Instead, they're going to go really fast and try to get quick buckets. So we should either be counting by threes or quick twos the other way, um, which helps get with the over. Um, the other thing, the last thing I want to add on this one is just uh, – we always talk about with tempo differences, can the one team slow them down? And it's not that Richmond's defense isn't 
you know, good because it is. It's just that VCU seems to be kind of playing at such an aggressive pace um, that other teams haven't really been able to slow them down. And that doesn't mean that VCU's won every game, of course. They've won a lot. Um, but they've mostly just been able to kind of play the style of game that they want to. Um, and it, even against teams that want to slow them down. And I, I don't really see how that is drastically different here. Um, not going to be a, a game like we're going to talk about one later tonight that we, in the next two, really, we expect a lot more points in. Um, but it should be able to get over into the 130s, uh, we think maybe even up towards, like you said, maybe 140 uh, to get us the over. The other 6 p.m. Central game, expecting a lot more points in this one. Villanova at St. John's. The total in this one is 151 and a half. The model says 150 and a half. It's a pass on the total, mainly because the style of play dif- discrepancies really are going in two completely different directions. These two teams have already played. Uh, Villanova won at home handily uh, and did keep it more their style of ball, keeping it lower scoring. If St. John's has their way, they obviously want to play a faster game. St. John's has played well, seemingly, though, struggling against the teams that want to really slow them down. That's why we're going to take Villanova plus four here. Model says three and a half and gives Villanova plus four a B grade. Uh, to me, the bottom line is I don't think Villanova is that good, but I'm not sure that St. John's isn't being a little bit overvalued because of that most recent win against UConn. And we're getting a couple extra points of value here. This should really be more like two or three in reality. Again, the model still says three and a half, but in reality, I think two to three is where this number should be. And to me, the bottom line is when you look back at the first matchup, the home court matters to some extent. Absolutely. But when you look at what St. John's did, even if you give them the average three-point percentage between what they normally shoot and what Villanova normally allows and give them some extra threes that they didn't hit in that game, they still lose by, I think, 12. And even if you didn't flip the home court, they still lose by probably four or five, maybe six. And so I'm not saying that Villanova wins by six. I'm just saying what Villanova did that game was more – it wasn't just bad three-point luck from St. John's. I think stylistically, the way St. John's wants to play – is just so counter to Villanova that Villanova, at least in the last game, showed us that they can handle that and really frustrate St. John's. That's the game plan they want to use here. Getting four points, I think, is too much. It should be a great contest. St. John's, a little bit of an edge at home. But there's a lot of ways that St. John's wins a tight contest here by one, two, or three points. We still win the bet, or maybe four, and it pushes. But I think Villanova plus four is just too good to pass up. Uh, Jake, I know it pains you to not be backing St. John's since they're your boys, but they're not going to cover every game, right? They got to not cover one of them. So, so let's hope they don't cover this one. Yeah. Like, like I love, everybody knows I love this team. I love the way they play. They're fun. They're fun to watch. Uh, and they're also happen to be a good team, but this Villanova is the kryptonite to them. Uh, Villanova, the way they want to play offense is slow you down so they can control the pace because they're not dependent on their defense stopping you. It's just, okay, we'll take it and we will crawl up the floor and we're going to work it until we get a shot. And, St. John's doesn't have a lot of patience. They're like a, a little kid, really. And I think that's what runs – they run into problems because St. John – or Villanova's slowing it down so much. They force stuff on the on the offensive end. They're not a great three-point shooting team, and they don't shoot a lot of them. But for some reason against Villanova, they do because they're trying to get that pace going, and Villanova is very stubborn and won't go. Um, turnover battle is going to be huge. Like Villanova, as different of a team they are this year than – under Jay Wright, they still don't turn the ball over. But refuse to do it. That's going to be huge because St. John's gets a lot of points from turnovers, and that's when they re- they get their points in bunches because they just get you, especially at home, like that crowd and everything gets you. If you don't, if you can survive that, you're 
you have a good chance of beating and them. that's and that's where some of that tempo comes from right getting yeah. a turnover and a quick bucket all of a sudden it's six seconds later and, and boom just another bucket on you right yeah and then the offensive glass is going to be huge like st john's is one of the better uh offensive rebounding teams and like soriano soriano uh very very good player cleans up a lot of their misses uh but Villanova handled him last time. I mean, he led the team in scoring, but they handled everybody else enough that it didn't matter. He also had some offensive rebounds, uh, a good chunk of them, but nobody else did. So they they really just said, were like, okay, you're going to have to beat us by scoring twos. And Villanova really handled it. I, they're just a smart play here. I lean towards the over, but it's a high number. Don't really recommend it. I just like it. I, just, I think the game's going over, but Villanova is a smart play. I think there's a good chance they win this outright just because of how much they counter St. John's. Yeah, plus odds there would be something to look at as well. Maybe splitting your wager a little bit, you know, one quarter, three quarters, one third, two thirds, something like that. Um, and it's interesting, Villanova, their struggles on defense this year, uh, they figured out a way to stop St. John's, which is impressive in and of itself. But uh, part of it could be like talking about the three ball, that uh, the three ball is such a big part of so many teams' games. And if you're going to allow a ton of threes and you got a good three point shooting team, they're going to be able to shoot threes on Villanova all day long. Um, and, and St. John's tried to take a bunch. It didn't work. And again, it's not that even if it, they had shot their normal percentage, it wasn't like it was going to help them out that much. Cause like you said, they're not a great three point shooting team. So I think Villanova was very happy saying, we're going to not let you get into the paint and get layups and easy buckets. We're going to force you to shoot a bunch of threes. And that's not really what St. John's wants to do. It's not what they're good at. And they could do that again. Remember, right. There's no locks in gambling. They could do that here on Friday night and make a bunch of them, right. If they shoot 45% from, from three, they're going to win handily, right? But we don't count on that because it's not kind of what they've been doing. So yeah. assuming they don't have that sort of performance, if Villanova forces all those three-pointers, again, grinds it out, slows it down, frustrates St. John's, you got to think they've got an edge just like they exhibited in the first game. Yep, yep, for sure. To the game, and it might not be the best game of the night, but my goodness, it should be the first one. I'm just going to start off. We're going to go over 170. I have one rule in college basketball, and it's if you see a total with 170, you go over period. And there's a reason for that. There are a lot of, you know, we all know how sportsbooks operate. They take information in and they adjust and move lines based off of that. Sometimes they set lines based off the information they think they're going to use. Now there are different styles and different factors and different books do different things. And some of the books don't actually care about the money part of it. They care about who it's from and what it means. And they can have giant bets from people that are losing players and they won't move the number one big. So other books will take a bunch of money from a losing player and they still want to move it because they do want to balance the books a little bit more. So there's no one right strategy, but here's what I do know. There are a lot of large money groups that will see a number like this and they will blind bet the under because they have the principle of their math will say under 170, no matter what. And I think what happens is this game actually should be priced higher, but there's a cap on it because of the way the sports books are managing this game. That doesn't mean it won't go under, right? Cause again, there's no locks in gambling. You never know if these two teams just come out cold, that'll be tough. Right. But I'm thinking about that Arkansas, Missouri game where we went over 154, 155, whatever, it gets to 155 after Missouri scored six points in the first like 11 minutes, and it still got there. This game is going to be even more bonkers with regards to the pace, the offense, and the lack of defense. I mean, when you look at these two teams, they haven't really played teams like each other, but when they've played teams close to it, most of the scores, they're getting up in the 90s, they're getting up to 100, they're giving up 80. I mean, this feels like 90 to 80 is like the minimum of what you'd expect here. I mean, 
a good chance somebody gets to 100, a good chance both get into the 90s. Uh, bottom line here is there's just going to be so much pace in this game, so much offense, and so little defense. And so, again, it's about the number, and I know it's a really large number, but I'm going to kind of make the contrarian play and say, I know there's just so many people who are going to blind bet the under, but in this situation, I think it's capped. I think the total really should be more about 173, 174, 175, because I really think we can get both these teams up closer to 90 in this one. And we're also going to lay the four with Toledo. I often say we're not just playing teams or we're not just playing numbers. We're playing numbers and teams. In this case, I'm kind of just playing the number. I really just like laying a number like four. I mentioned it in yesterday's show. I think there's a good chance Salito's the better team on the road, gets the win, and there's a lot of ways we could win four in a high-scoring game with all the points that will be scored, all the buckets. They could easily just pull away in the second half, or there should be late-game fouling and we can get over this number. So it's really about – I just think laying, a, laying four is a great opportunity – since Toledo is the much better team. Uh, Jake, what's your insight on this one? Yeah, look, diving into this game is just wild. Um, Buffalo scored below 75 total times this year, um, and those were against very slow defensive-minded teams mm-hmm. like uh, Michigan State and stuff like that. Um, they've also scored – They still gave up almost 90 to Michigan State, which seems impossible. Yeah, they've, they've also scored above 96 times this year. Uh Toledo has the better, more efficient offense, um, but they've led up 85 points three times this year in, or five times this year and won three of them. Like that is <laughs> a ridiculous stat that you're giving up 85 points and somehow winning more than you lose. Uh, it's just the, so many points everywhere. Um, neither team really turns the ball over. Uh, Toledo, a very good, uh, very good shooting team. Buffalo has the – Better defense, but worse offense. Uh, but I don't think that's going to matter. You're not going to see anybody get in the way of anybody here. Um, the biggest difference is going to be the threes in the free throw line, uh, and that's that's where the game's going to be decided. And both those things go Toledo's way. I think we're this could be very similar to that what Kansas State Texas game that put up 200 mm-hmm. points. That, that really wouldn't shock me if that happened yeah. uh, in this game. And Toledo winning by five it's, seems about right. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call my shot here. I'm going to say 90 to 85 is the final score of this one. So Toledo wins by five, and we get over it comfortably. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. I feel like you're going to have to have this game on your television just because of the pure chaos that we should see. And and again, we may see a situation like that Arkansas-Missouri thing where there's a stretch without many points, but you're going to blink. And in that Missouri game, that's what happened. You, you blinked. It was like two minutes, and Missouri had like 12 more points in two minutes. You're like, how does one team – not at the end of the game, do that, right? And that's what we're going to see here. Even if one team goes cold for a little bit, you're going to get some points in a hurry. It should be a lot of fun. A must-see game, which takes us to the game of the night, standalone game here, 10 p.m. Central. Uh, I mean, I guess the previous one's kind of a standalone game too once the other one's in because there's no 8 o'clock games. Uh, so double, double standalone game here. Uh, Boise State at New Mexico should be a fantastic one. New Mexico is a one and a half point favorite, two point favorite. Sideline says two and still leans New Mexico. That's the way I would lean just because they're at home. And we've seen New Mexico probably compares fairly well with talent to Nevada. We saw Nevada's already played Boise twice this year and Nevada won at home and lost on the road. And so if you had to make me, I would say I would take New Mexico State or New Mexico here at home. Boise's played so well, though, it's not a play that I want to make. I, I just want to watch for this, who wins this. It should be a great game. I, I love the way both these teams are playing. Uh, if you've been backing these two teams, 
for the most part, blindly. You've done really well. If you've picked your spots, you've done even better. Uh, so we're going to focus on the over. It's the same play we made last time Boise played. They're shooting the ball really well. They're scoring a lot of points. New Mexico has a great offense and plays at a really fast pace and doesn't really have that good of a defense. So, I mean, I don't quite see why this is 143. The model says 145, but I honestly kind of think we get more up to 150. Just when you look at the results of Boise State lately, we mentioned against Nevada, and that game had like almost 90 points in the first half. It slowed down a little bit because Boise State won by so much. But otherwise, that game was it, it still went over, and it was going to fly over. And I think the same thing here, except I don't think Boise State wins this one by 20. And so I think getting a full half of basketball for both teams, I think 150 is more likely than 140 in this one. I love the over. Again, I, I wish I could be invested in a side. I just love both these teams. I think they're great. I think it's well-priced. Boise's a better team, but on the road, I have no idea who's going to win. Uh, but over 143, I think it's a fantastic investment. Jake, what do you got for us? Yeah, the over is crazy. The books just have not caught up to how good Boise State's offense is, especially once they got in the conference play. I mean, if you take it down to just the conference games – uh, they are the most efficient offense in the Mountain West, and they're the best three-point shooting team. That includes Utah State, who's shooting lights out all year. Yeah. But in conference play, Boise State has been killing it. I mean, this game is going to be incredible to watch. That's why it's going to be really tough to pick a side because this is really going to be a battle. So I'm, I agree. Stay away from that. Just watch it. Cheer for points because Nevada or New Mexico plays really fast, yeah. has a really good offense. Not great on defense. Neither team turns the ball over. Uh, they hit their free throws. So, and there's uh, not going to be a lot of second chance opportunities. Neither one is really big on offensive rebounds. But so there's not going to be a lot of extra possessions created. But it's going to be a lot of anytime it's fouled, the ball's going in. A lot of and one kind of stuff because the way these teams like to play, they're very physical. Uh, the foul situation really going to be something to watch because New Mexico really depends on. Uh, getting free throws. They, it's like I said, they're up there right around a quarter of their points are percentage of their points is, comes from the free throw line. Boise, uh, Boise being on the road and being a little more aggressive and a little better on the defensive end might get might, that's really going to help out, I think, because they're going to get points while the clock stops. Because ref whistles, as much as they don't want to admit it, home crowds affect them. Nobody yeah. wants to be booed, nobody wants to be yelled at all night. Uh, so there's going to be a few calls that are going to go New Mexico's way that are 50-50. That's really going to help us with points. Yeah, and I, I think you made a good comment there. Boise State does have a good defense. It's not to say they don't. But I, I wonder if there's a little bit of an issue with people's modeling, the sportsbooks modeling or whatever, where they're looking more at just point differentials and not the actual breaking it down to offensive defense. And I, and I know the models look at that, but I just wonder if they're a little bit not focused enough on isolating offense versus defense because looking at like, Oh boy, he's playing well. And it's like, if you're I, I, in reality, I think it's their defense hasn't been that impressive. I, I think that the defense has been solid, but it's not been, it's been the offense. It's been incredible. And so it's almost like the, I wonder how many models, and I don't know. I'm just, I'm purely speaking. I wonder how many models, have given Boise an overall boost with how well they've played. And really it should be no boost to the defense and just a massive boost to the offense. And that would then drive the total up. But like you said, it's like the, the books haven't really, the books in the model hasn't caught up with this Boise team and how many points they're scoring. Uh, like I said, we got that over in their last game and the same thing here, like until it catches up or we see some change, I feel like riding these Boise overs is the smart way to go, which is crazy. Cause I'm pretty sure last year we were riding their unders because they were playing slow, good defense. And now it's like the exact opposite. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's. I think that's having a lot more to do with what the book's number is. Yeah. Like, like you talked about. Uh, I believe you were speaking about like you, a good book or good model and stuff holds on to priors. Yep. Well, this is one of the cases where I think that's hurting you because the team is so different than what they yeah. were last year. Yeah, absolutely. I, in general, I think you should hold on to your priors about two out of three times. It's just you got to figure out those one out of three where you shouldn't. And so, in general, if you don't know hold on to your priors because on average, it's better to do that than not do that. If you in general throw it all out the window, you're going to on the whole do worse. That's been shown mathematically. But yeah, there's th there are times when you're where you gonna have to really de-weight them and throw them out. And I think this is one of those where it's just so different from last year. Uh, the overs have been good to us. We're gonna keep writing that. Which takes us to overtime. And boy, do we have a doozy for you here. The battle for St. Francis, St. Francis, New York at St. Francis, the battle of St. Francis, battle for St. I don't know, uh, whichever one you want, uh, roll with it, right? Uh, this is going to be terrible. Uh, I'm sure it's on ESPN plus uh, or like streaming online somewhere, but it shouldn't be. Um, it's going to be a horrible game. Uh, somehow these teams have a combined 16 wins, but neither one of them are good. I think the defenses are less good good than the offenses and i use that word specifically that reason specifically the pacer should be pretty average pretty representative you do have um a little bit of discrepancy between the two teams but overall i'm expecting a pretty normal paced game it's just i think the, the defenses are worse than the offenses that should allow us to get a few more points we're gonna go over 139 in this one i think it's a pretty solid investment given that 139 is again the average number of points but uh the looks should get better because of how bad the defenses are jake uh i can't believe we're talking about this game but here we are this pains me to talk about i mean st <laughs> francis pennsylvania pa uh, yeah. their defense is so bad yeah. like like if you start really diving into the numbers their average length of possession on the defense is one of the shortest out there and that is because it's so easy to get a good look i mean their opponent's effective field goal percentage is well above 50. Uh, they don't force you to turn the ball over. They don't guard the three-point arc. They really don't guard you inside it. That's just, I was like, I don't think they guard you anywhere, really, to yeah, be honest. It's, it's, it's just crazy when you start going through the numbers of how bad they are. And then uh, I think it's going to be so easy to score. Like It's not going to be hard for, say, for instance, New York to score, who's got a slightly better defense but a slightly worse offense. So <laughs> yeah. it's just I, – uh, I don't know. Neither, like – St. Francis, New York doesn't want to hold on to the ball. They don't want to take a good shot. They want to make sure you guard them. That's their offensive strategy. They really want you to give a defensive practice. That um, doesn't that doesn't sound right. No, <laughs> it doesn't. No, that's, I don't think these teams are playing basketball correctly. Oh, whoosh. Shots <laughs> fired. <laughs> well, that was whole, harsh. <laughs> this whole Northeastern Conference. Uh, 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 they're just, it's, yeah. Thank you, thank you for coming. Uh, but yeah, the over <laughs> is the right play because nobody's stopping anybody. It's going to be a lot of easy yeah. shots given up and lay should yeah. be layup lines for the most yeah, part. Yeah, there's a there's a reason this conference tends to find itself in one of the first four games. Uh, it's it's not very strong. There's a reason why it's part of the six digit rotation games. Uh, you, not, not a lot of not a lot of good things happening in this conference. But I think the point you made there is really the one that drove home the over for me is the fact that. St. Francis, New York has longer possession links. And when you have a bad basketball team, and, and again, they've won nine games. It's, it's scheduling. And this is what we talked about with um, uh, Monmouth. H how do you only have one win? Because you're, if you're scheduling for St. Francis, New York allows you to get nine, right? They're, they're not they're not that those two teams aren't that different um but st francis takes a long time on offense uh, relatively speaking part of that you have to assume is trying to make sure you're getting a good shot well 
that shouldn't be – I have good news. That shouldn't be a problem for you here against St. Francis P. They, Like you said, they, they're they constantly giving up good looks. And so I think it. I think knowing St. Francis – I think knowing how New York – I think knowing how bad their offense is, it would be pretty foolish to pass up a good look. I think they're going to get good looks early on in the shot clock, and you got to take them because your offense is bad. You cannot afford to pass it up. And that's the difference between St. Francis, New York playing slower – and a team like Virginia playing at slower. Virginia knows they have talent and they can generate good shots late into the shot clock. So they don't mind passing around and making an extra pass for a slightly better shot and an extra pass for a slightly better shot and an extra pass for a slightly better. That's the way they go slow because they can get that efficiency because they know they can keep getting better looks the more they make those passes, right? That's not what we're seeing here, right? We're seeing a team who just can't get a good look and so they don't take it. But when they get a good look, they've got to go for it, which is going to mean they're shooting earlier in the shot clock. They're making, they're missing. It doesn't really matter because then you turn it over to the team that's going to play faster should create some tempo in this one. A little bit above average tempo because of that. And again, the defense is being so bad should give bad offenses good looks. And that's exactly what you need in order to get points because otherwise the offenses are bad. It's like, yeah, but they're going to get good looks and that's going to really help here. So I, I feel like this can get more into the mid 140s up towards 150 rather than staying down at this number. I mean, St. Francis just gave up or New York St. Francis, New York just gave up 66 to Long Island, who I'm not sure they know the shape of a basketball uh, with how well their offense plays. Uh, but it's uh, I just don't think there's going to be anybody standing in anybody's way near it. I think it's just going to rain points from just a lot of large numbers, enough shots to go up. Absolutely, definitely a lot of large numbers get here with the with the uh, the tempo. Uh, yeah, long uh, just throwing shots out everywhere here. Long Island, yeah, uh, one of the worst offenses in, in college basketball. So uh, there we go. Now we've insulted uh, we've insulted a team that that isn't even one of the games we've covered. So I guess that's that's a good show for us, right? Yeah, that's that's what I hear. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the games we're going to cover here for your Friday. Jake, any parting words before we get to the weekend? No, I know I throw a lot of shots out there. Well, I need to throw this out there. Every one of those players could beat me twenty-one to nothing if we Absolutely. played one-on-one. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm not thinking I'm some great in basketball player that can handle it. Absolutely, I feel like we haven't said that enough lately. We I, I try to say that once a month or so for new people coming in that we sometimes throw shade at, at basketball players, at football players, at baseball players, and they're all infinitely better than we are. Uh, if your families are listening to this, we don't mean to insult. We're simply saying relative to the other people there. Um, but yes, uh, they all are much better than we are. And as much as I joke, uh, as much as I joke about, uh, you know, last night, I believe it was in the Oklahoma game uh, at the end of the game. It looked like, you know, guys from the crowd basically coming up playing, just like dribbling off their legs, just look terrible <laughs> offensively. And I'm making jokes about it, but but they still are much better than I would. I would I would be a scared little boy out there against those tall dudes, and I would be terrible. So, yes, they're all much better than us, but we, we do have to throw some shade at once in a while with the asterisk of, yes, y'all would all destroy us in, in basketball. They'd probably all destroy us in other sports too because they're all much more athletic in general than we are, and probably in everything. Yes, probably. <laughs> <laughs> all right well that's what we've got here for you today thanks for tuning this episode of fix the professor don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy the sports betting content right on this channel shop right into your feed we'll be back again tomorrow with more college basketball betting content and until then as always best of luck and remember you can eat your betting money but please don't bet you're eating money